In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Christy Holly, my sparkly, sparkly co-host. That's right. I am here. She is no longer sporting her sweatpants and her sweatshirt. She has on a very cute pair of jeans and a black shirt with all sorts of sparkles on it. Thank you. And why are you dressing better these days, Christy? Well, I'm dressing better today because I had to go out of this my little area. I had to, I had to go into town. No, you had to go into town. I had to go into town. I had to take my little guy to the dentist. You had to take him to the dentist. But I have to say, you have been looking like more adorable than ever lately. And I think it's largely in part of your new physical regimen regimen, and your eating regimen. I'm working on that. And um, we're going to have our opening segment today talk about a little bit of our Fit to Strip Challenge with you, me, and Rick. And then for the rest of the show, we're going to talk to Brett Summer, who is a uh, nationally recognized expert on divorce, among other things. She's written some really cool books about divorce. She's written a cool one about pregnancy, plus-size pregnancy. I mean, she's got all sorts of good things, and we're going to have a great um, time talking to her. Oh, good. But before we welcome her on the show, we're going to check in with our Fit to Strip Challenge. And I personally, I'm going to have to say that all my clothes in my closet fit. Yay! Making that blanket statement, you know, like awesome. Many girls, I have clothes that range in sizes for you know just such an emergency, but Mm -hmm. everything fits. See, that's wonderful. I'm very, very proud of you. And you know what? I can totally tell. I hit. She's been in a. I can totally tell. I totally. You look awesome. Thank you. Awesome, Awesome. I'm very proud of you. And I don't have. I learned two things from you and Rick this week. (laughs) So, <laughs> I learned um, a camel toe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, are you here? Are you really talking about this? I am. I'm just not quite as excited about <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm more shocked <laughs> than excited. What, then I brought up camel toe on the air? Yes. Or moose knuckle, which oh, is the that male. Well, that's another one you learned. Yes, I learned that, too. Thanks, Rick. I really, I really didn't know that that those terms existed. I did look them up on the internet, and you can find some visual support of those things. But they exist; they do exist. And you know, um, I don't know where. (laughs) Shocked over here that we're talking about this right now. Well, we're not really talking about them. I just wanted to share with everyone the two new terms that I learned because you know. As I go out into the world, I need to know these things. I'm glad I could enlighten you. Yeah. So 
one of the things I've been doing is I have, you know, Rona has helped, uh, I think, all three of us become more aware of what we were eating because I was on my hamburger, hamburger, hamburger uh, <laughs> run, <laughs> and now I'm down to one hamburger a week. And um, I made some breakfast cereal that, Rick, you had an interesting take on my breakfast cereal. I did. I, I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It <laughs> wasn't bad. You know, I just, I think my face gave it away, though. <laughs> you I was did. trying to disguise my face, but I couldn't. Yeah, I think your term was it, it's like something I used to feed to my goats. It, well, it did. It was like the oats and stuff, and you're probably wondering how I know it tastes like that, but we, <laughs> we don't have time for that. Um, yeah, it did. What or did chicken you... feed. Is this oh, like, chicken yeah. feed. That doesn't look like chicken feed to me. But Which must it's... make it healthy, because if it tastes weird, it's good for you. <laughs> looks like it has a lot of fiber. Well, it does. It has sunflower seeds. It has crushed walnuts. It has pecans. It's got raisins and cranberries, steel-cut oats, uh, flaxseed, quinoa, and some other stuff that I dumped in there that I'm not going to tell. Or some clusters or something. Are you putting that in milk or just well? You can soak it in milk. Oh, we were there. eating it out of the jar, like oh. raw. Like, well, I <laughs> maybe that's why I'm biased. I okay. was hungry. It's not like I'm sitting here eating a big old hot pocket. That's true. My number two. <laughs> <laughs> After a breakfast of country fried steak, eggs, and hash browns. Dang you. He did. He ate. <laughs> like, and I looked it up because he ate at Denny's this morning and had, what did you have, country fried steak? Oh, my God. That sounds Country so fried good. steak, two eggs, hash browns, and then uh, sourdough <laughs> bread. Oh, my Lord. That sounds so good, doesn't it? it is, and then I look at my chicken feed over here, and I'm like, yeah. I just, I just drank my Lindora shake. I'm all good. Oh, you're doing Lindora? No. Oh. I just, not exactly. I'm doing a different version of it. See what happens. Well, Are you, you hungry know, all the time? What? Are you hungry on those shakes? No, no. It's just, no? you know, when you're drinking something as opposed to eating something, and then you're smelling a Hot Pocket. It just, uh-huh. That's true. That was you know, kind of unfair. And well, he didn't know, so to be fair to him, <laughs> he went in there Wait, what is this? Is this Motherhood Talk Radio? We are never fair to Rick. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> thank you, Christy. You're That Hot Pocket coming in did smell awfully good. It did threaten him. He couldn't leave it in here. That's true. He had to yeah, it in the uh, other room. Yeah, being nice. Yeah, she was looking out for me and threatening me at the same time. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, a lot of us have, you know, different sides we show to different people. In fact, <laughs> what? Christy what? had an observation today when the Army client called our office and, oh. and um, Army Specialist Richard Swanson answered. And, Christy, yes. what did you notice? Well, I noticed that you were giving us the shut-up look, looking at us, <laughs> having the extra deep voice, the manly man deep voice. Doesn't he become much more manly? And you were like, this is business. This is business, and my voice is really low. And covering your other ear. <laughs> that wasn't oh. really a fair impression of my voice, but it was close. All right, come on, do the manly voice. Manly voice. Well, it's because when you talk to, you know, who, <laughs> well, it just, his voice is so low, it just, like, it brings mine down, I think. I think so, too. See, and I think it's a competitive male instinct that comes up, that it's like, look, I have a big manly voice. No, I have a bigger manly voice. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I have different, vo- not different voices, but, like, yeah, even my personality not changes, but, like, if I need to be serious, I can be very serious. Yes, you can. It's true. And you can also, like, Twitter around like a little girl. 
I thank you. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think. Quit it around. That you was know. the chilly voice, in case anybody oh. <laughs> was looking to hear you. That was the chilly, like, I could kick your ass kind of voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we're just yeah, teasing you. Yeah, true. No. We're just teasing you, Senior Ricardo. But um, I'm doing pretty good on the Fit to Strip Challenge. Um, how would you say, Christy, you're doing? Um, I would say I'm doing a lot better now that I'm, like, Doing now that I do crawl because I've been going for a while now. I love it. I and I feel really good after each class, and I'm looking to uh, incorporate a few more classes during the week. Um, but I love it, and it's it's challenge. It's still really challenging, but I'm not. I don't feel like oh my god, I cannot make it through this class. You know, I just I'm looking forward to it. I love it. It's it's amazing. And I look at the clock when we're doing it, you know, when we're working out, and the time goes by so fast, you know. It's like I look at the clock and it's almost over, and I feel bummed. It does go really fast. I mean, it's an hour class or sometimes an hour 15, and you wouldn't think that, uh-uh. you know, you would work out this long, but I think your adrenaline gets going and you're, you know, and you really start to to feel much stronger very quickly. Yeah, totally. I told I you know, I don't know. I, I I haven't like dropped like a lot of weight like I wanted to, but <laughs> that's the candy. <laughs> Halloween candy <laughs> talking, <laughs> but it's gone. Um <laughs> But, like, I feel, like, I just feel stronger. I feel leaner, even though, like I said, the scale doesn't say so. But that's okay. It will. It will. It's probably broken. Yes. You are right. There you go. That's why we love you. (laughs) (laughs) But I got to tell you, don't go and, like, squeeze Rick's bicep. I will not. I was, you know, I've been working out consistently and really, you know, hitting the gym, trying to work out hard. And I, we're in the car the other day, and I'm like, Rick, Rick, look, feel my muscle, feel my muscle. And, you know, he puts his hand in, he's like, squeak, squeak, squeak. He's like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then I'm like, you know, well, you've been working out. And he puts his arm up, and it's like, my hand would not fit around it. Yeah, I don't want to hurt my hand, so I won't oh, yeah, do that. Oh, see, now you guys. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, you know, exactly- here. What? Really? <laughs> what are you hmm. saying over there? No, it's funny because you see my brother Jeff, right? He's like crazy workout buff. I mean, he's he's lean, no fat, big muscles. He got he thought it was funny and kind of mad. There was some dudes in the gym, and I've just been working out serious again for like two weeks, and I'm doing some exercises, and these two like seventeen year old kids come to me like, "Oh, hey man, um, what what technique are you doing there? How'd you do to get this size?" I'm like, "Pizza pockets, <laughs> pockets, burritos, pockets. Mexican pizzas." Exactly. No, the look on their faces like really, and it's yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, but I gotta admit, I'm gonna I'm gonna like you know slide over to the brother camp. You know, Uh not that I want to have great big guns, you know, but but it was a little bit disheartening to go. You know, here I've been working out so hard, and then I put my hand around his bicep, and it's like rock hard. It's great big thing, and I'm like, and you just started really working out two weeks ago. Right, and according to Jeff, that doesn't even count because he says I just make up my own work out every time. <laughs> We're just trying to freak nature. Whatever. Yeah, he is a freak of nature. But he's our well, no, freak he of devotes, nature. You know, he's very, he's, and, you know, it doesn't happen magically. He, he'll even admit that to you. I'm like, talking about you. No, we're talking about you, not your brother. You're the freak of nature. Oh, just freak in general, yes. yes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. well, yes. Yeah, I have that country strong, you know, or... 
We won't use the other term. <laughs> we won't use the other term we use around the office, but right, very yeah. not politically correct. But, <laughs> right. but we won't use that. Yes. But I do want to say that, you guys, it's been super fun with this Fit to Strip Challenge to, to work out with you guys and to, you know, laugh over all the crap we eat and how we don't eat crap anymore and how everybody, I just think everybody looks really super. I mean, Christy, you look great. Rick, you look great. And, um, and you look great. Yeah, I, I, know. Know. I, I do. I do. Yes, I do. I almost got my ass kicked in Winco, but that's a whole other story. We're about ready to go to break. My name is Sandra Beck, and I am the host. Take you anywhere. You can. I'm the host of my Motherhood Talk Radio with Christy Holly and Rick Swanson, and we will come back after the break with with Brett Sember, <laughs> yes. best-selling author. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true i love it debbie glickman and diana cohen know it Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites with more information on their past and successes first for debbie fairytalewishesinc.com and for diana the next big zing.com believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true with the soul sisters debbie glickman and diana cohen on toginet.com parents if you feel overloaded overworked underappreciated and seriously stressed out the parents plate is here to help you the parents plate with brenda nixon tuesday mornings at 10 a.m eastern 9 a.m central on toginet it's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment and that's what the parents plate does the parents plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments brenda nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues from teething to teen driving Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. And we are here at Motherhood Talk Radio. We were discussing very, very important uh, private sensitive data that we could get shut down for, but yes. we're not doing that anymore. No, 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 no. My name is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly, my lovely co-host. Thank you very much. And we have, joining us today, we have out with Rick, in with Brett. Yes. Yes. 
Um, we have Brett Thember, who is an author of many, many books. She is an advisor. She's an attorney. I think she's a retired attorney now, but attorney by trade. And I'm going to let her explain who she is so I don't keep butchering her biography. Brett, are you on the line with us? Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. You Hi. are so welcome. <laughs> we have so many questions for you. We're just going to pick your brain. Please do. Um, but before we do, I'm going to give like this non-legally binding disclaimer that says Brett is here as a guest and author, not as an attorney, and anybody who takes anything we say seriously first needs their head examined, but <laughs> secondly, <laughs> if it's coming from Brett, uh, they need to seek the advice of an attorney right? and not Brett. Correct. I could hire well, Brett, but she can't be responsible for anything that you do. <laughs> if you do something really dumb based on our show, we're really sorry, but but you know you should know better because it's talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Brett? How's that for a, for a legal disclaimer? It didn't sound very legal, but I think it'll work. <laughs> okay. Would you like to give a disclaimer? No, that works for me. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. So, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And you have to tell people how we reconnected because it's a super fun story. <laughs> um, Sandra and I went to high school together and reconnected a couple years ago to work on a book about virtual assistants, which is Sandra's area of expertise. And my area of expertise is writing books. I'm a ghostwriter and a book doctor, so that's how we reconnected. My and we were story- connected through yeah. an agent that didn't know we knew each other at all. Right, which was really, and she said, you know, I have this person who has this idea, you could work together, and I didn't recognize Sandra's name, and I don't think she recognized mine, and then we kind of got on the phone, and I'm like, did you go to my high school? (laughs) So that's how it (laughs) happened. It was really weird. What a small world. I mean, it really is. And it was so wonderful to reconnect. I mean, and we just have a lot of fun together, and, and Brett is just super in so many areas. So keep, keep telling us your biography. Okay, so, um, I was a lawyer. Uh, for about six or seven years, and I did a lot of divorce and custody work, and I, I specialized in representing kids in custody and divorce cases. I was a law guardian in New York State, which means I was the lawyer for the kids in the cases. So that's my area of, you know, standing up for the kids and making sure that their rights are protected. So then um, after I had my second child, I left my law practice and started writing books, and I've written lots and lots of books. Um, the pertinent ones are the divorce organized and planner, the complete divorce handbook, and also of interest to our listeners, how to parent with your ex, which I think might be a good topic. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sandra. I'll be making sound effects. (laughs) How to parent with your ex. Go ahead. You got to do it, though. You got to find a way to do it to make it work. I know. I know you know. So, okay. So she knows everything. I know nothing. We're just in the show right here. <laughs> no, there is. It's very difficult. I will tell you from um, parenting small children. Um, when I first separated, my youngest was one and my oldest was three, and those are really tough years for a parent. I think anyone, much less the new mother. But then to have to go into not only a co-parenting situation, but go into a co-parenting situation with a girlfriend, I was just, oh, my God, I was fried. Just 
suffice it to say that was um, that time in my life was one of the most difficult <clears throat> things I've ever experienced because I wasn't secure with myself as a parent yet. I've only had you know a couple years experience. And the other thing I noticed, and Brett, it's very funny because I did buy your book without realizing it was you <laughs> and that we would connect later. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's very very difficult to know because parenting is 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 so overwhelming on a good day and a lot of your advice like and the advice that I took from your books too about the you know going through the divorce process was so helpful and so I would encourage anybody who's going through the divorce process if you whether you have kids or not check out Brett Sember on amazon.com or check out her website brettsember.com she has so many different um, books out there that can really help you because when you start talking to people everybody has an opinion mhm and yeah. they're usually ill-informed, or they are, would you two knock it off? Sorry. Sorry. You would think I'm talking to my children right now, however. Look away. I am look away. Look away. away. I'm talking to Christy and Rick, who are doing some bizarre hand signals. Are you flipping me off? Oh, he's playing the trumpet. Okay. We're going to pay attention here because yes. this is serious I information. Know. I know. I am paying attention. I'm starting to cry until I saw you two goofing around. That's what we're here for. Okay. Comic relief. But it is important that we listen to somebody who has experience, and Brett, you clearly have experience in this area. Yeah, it's really an area I loved working in because... In my opinion, the most important thing is making sure the kids are okay. And, you know, it's easy to lose sight of that when you're in the middle of this huge divorce where everything is falling apart and everything you thought you could rely on is not there anymore. So you just need to find a way to make sure your kids are okay, and that means you've got to work with your ex. I know that nobody wants to hear that, but it's true. And there are ways to make it work, even if you hate his guts. I will not comment. <laughs> yeah. uh, it would be really difficult if you each hated each other's gut, you it's know, true. because that way you're working against each other all the time, and it would be extremely difficult to come together. But there's a way, right? Well, you know, I is, found... Oh, go ahead. The thing is you have a common interest, and that's your kids. You both want them to be okay. You both love them, and that's the bottom line, and that's where you can find a common interest and a way to work together is to make their lives okay. And, you know, you might not like each other, but you've got to find a way to talk or at least communicate, you know, text or whatever, so that you can work out a parenting plan and a parenting schedule. You don't have to love each other. You don't have to be pals. You just have to make it work for the kids. That's all. Well, and I think, you know, Brett, you, you said something very quickly. It was a throwaway line, but to me it's been a very, very vital tool in negotiating the divorce and the relationship um, and raising my children is, you know, you said, well, you know, whether it's texting, email, whatever, throw away. But I'll tell you, when you're in a hot situation, you know, like if someone's had an affair or, you know, someone's had something that's really um, been detrimental to <laughs> you too. Stop it. I'm not going to be able to have a serious conversation. I'm not looking at either of you. But if someone has, you know, kind of a hot-button issue in their divorce, which I'm sure everybody does because you don't get divorced by, you know, going like, oh, we all get along. <laughs> um, but some, some topics are more sensitive than others, and I found that communicating via text or via email gives me not only the time to think about what I want to say, how I want to say it correctly, but it does often take the emotion out of it, which makes it easier to co-parent. Yeah, and you're not doing it in the heat of the moment. That's often what happens if you're talking about issues when you're exchanging the kids or if you're, you know, on the phone with each other. 
you just say what comes off your brain. You know, you're mad and it comes out. But if you can communicate in a way that lets you take a breath, <laughs> think about, you know, how can I keep this situation calm? Then you can handle it. And you can keep things on an even keel. You know, you can scream, you can punch your pillow, you can do anything you want at home. Just don't do it in an engaging way with your ex because it just makes it harder to work things out. And the key thing is to make sure you get that schedule and you keep it working for your kids. Do whatever you have to do. Bite your tongue. (laughs) Delete the email that you wrote last night when you were mad. But find a way to just work with the facts. That's what you want to do with the ex. It's just the facts, ma'am. This is the schedule, what time you're picking them up. That's it. That's it, and that was something, you know, my attorney was very good at coaching me early on, um, but also he had some good advice, too, um, That, and that's what led me to go to study martial arts, to study Krav Maga, which is Israeli martial arts that Christy and I were talking about earlier in the show about going to this class, because it is like throwing a three-year-old temper tantrum. You kick, you scream, you yell, <laughs> you punch, and, um, and it's a really amazing thing, because when you're in the divorce process and you're trying to parent, it's a very high situation and that stress is energy and that energy has to go somewhere and you can either have it go in your mouth in the form of a hamburger which is right <laughs> or you can you know you can cry you can write you can talk to your girlfriends but then they all get bored about here and nobody wants to hear all your same crap over and over especially That's when right. this stuff goes on for years and you can drain your bank dry with a therapist or you can go to work out in a class that gets rid of that stuff yeah that's a terrific idea I should write a book. <laughs> you should. <laughs> but, um, but, Brett, so what What are some things, like, you know, let's start at the beginning here. Like, somebody's listening on the show today, and, and they're in a marriage situation that they know they want to terminate. And it did take me years to get to the point where I wanted to terminate my marriage, and I was the one who <clears> filed. So that was, you know, difficult for me, too, to be the mm-hmm. mom that's, you know, doing the physical act of ripping her family apart. Mm -hmm. But what would you, you've got a couple minutes to break, but in the next minute, what would you say would be your best piece of advice to someone seeking attorney? Like, what should they look for? You want an attorney that you like. Now, I know a lot of people say you want the shark, but I really think you want an attorney that you feel comfortable with and safe with. Divorce is very personal. This is all about the inner workings of your family, making sure your kids are okay. You want someone who's on the same page with you, who is looking for what you're looking for. If you want to have a co-parenting agreement, you want an attorney who's going to work on a co-parenting agreement, not someone who's going to go in there and try to cut your ex out of your kids' lives. So that's the first key. Um, You want to make sure you can afford it. Obviously, that's not a lot of fun. You've got to find a way to pay for it. So you can make payment arrangements with that attorney. Super great idea. Pay by the month. You don't have to pay that huge hulking bill when it comes. Um, And then I would say shop around. Go meet with a whole bunch of attorneys. A lot of women feel more comfortable with women, but there's also a school of thought that if you're a woman, you want a man to stand up for you against your husband. You have to do what you're most comfortable with. Well, Brett, you know what, that's such great advice, and um, I think that it would benefit anybody listening today. Our guest today on Motherhood Talk Radio is Brett Sember. Check out her website, www.brettsember.com. She is an attorney. Uh, She is a a nationally recognized expert on parenting after divorce and divorce issues. She's written some great books. They can also be found at Amazon. And she's going to be back next segment, and we're going to talk about um, some different 
different hot-button issues that have to do with divorce and parenting. And I'm hoping that Christy and Rick will behave themselves, but you never know. And that's why you tune in to Motherhood Talk Radio. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these come be a part of pat sloan's creative talk radio her goal is to inspire you to be creative every day pat sloan's creative talk radio monday afternoons at 4 3 central on toginet.com Pat lives and breathes being creative through her quilt design business, but her creativity and interests have no bounds. On her show, she'll be introducing us to guests through interviews and talks that have a creative life. We'll learn more about what goes on in the world of quilting. And since Pat, like many of us, is creative in many ways, she'll also introduce us to creative people in other crafts like knitting, crochet, paper arts, and lots more. Pat is also an author, a lecturer, designer, and cheerleader of many. She's tried her hand at making almost everything you can think of and does many crafts to keep her inspired to create. Check out her website, patsloan.com. What makes Pat most happy is to inspire others to be creative every day. So join us for Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. central on toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. Do you get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's Real Moms in the Real World. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I am here with Christy Holly. And we are doing a show today with Brett Sember, who is a nationally renowned expert on parenting after divorce. And, Christy, we were talking at the break. You had a really good question. You want to throw it down at Brett? I do. I do. So, Brett, I used to work in the courthouse in San Fernando, California, for, for you know, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And, yes, I worked in the family law department for a while. And I wanted to know, because um, why does a court appoint uh, an attorney for a child because usually that that's not that common here and i just wanted to know like why they is it special circumstances that a, a, an attorney is appointed for a child like why why does that happen well in a lot of states it simply happens in every case 
So that may not be the way it worked in your state or in your jurisdiction, but in a lot of states and counties, every custody case or every divorce case, there is a lawyer appointed for the child. And the thinking is that the mom has one point of view and the dad has another point of view, and they're just going to get what they want. You know, mom wants custody, dad wants custody. They each have what they want, but there's no one there to talk for the child and what's best for the child. And custody is decided based on the best interest of the child. So that's how the court's going to make the decision. So they want someone in that courtroom who's going to speak up and say, you know, Your Honor, you know, she has a point or he has a point, but this is really what I think is best for the kids that I've gotten to know. And especially when you represent older kids, teens, you go into court and you represent what they want. I mean, if you have a 17-year-old, he might know he wants to live with his dad. And so your job is to go in there and to help him get what he wants. So it's, it's like having a real client when you're dealing with a teen. But when it's a younger child, you have to make the decision as the lawyer what is really best for that kid. So you have to be more than a lawyer. You have to be almost a social worker and a therapist to go into these families and get to know everybody and make your own evaluation of what really works for them. So, And these attorneys are paid by the state. and They don't make a lot of money. So they do a lot of hard work for not a lot of money that benefits a lot of people. Would they also be considered, like, child advocates? Yes, that's another word for it. Okay, okay. Just wondering, I, just because, I mean, I working that long in, in the family law department, you, cut, you see the parents coming down, and they're frustrated, they're mad, mm-hmm. and they're not always telling the truth when oh, they come really? down. <laughs> you know, it happens a lot. And, you know, they swear under penalty of perjury that, that, that they're stating that the facts are true and correct. Oh, and yeah. it's it, it's very sad, and, it, and now that I have kids, I can understand why they're so upset, you know, mm-hmm. whereas before I didn't, you know, not that I didn't get it, but, yeah. you know, now I can identify with them. Yeah, once you're a parent, you understand that this is the most important battle of your entire life. Yeah. That, is, you know, when those parents are there, they feel like they're fighting for their lives. Exactly. And some of them will say anything to get what they want. So yeah. they're not they're not always looking out for what's best for their kid. They're looking out for what's best for them. It's really hard to separate that when you're a parent. You know, what you want is supposed to really what might work best for your kid. It's tough. You know, or there's a lot of parents that come in and they're punishing the other parent. Mm-hmm. You know, it has nothing to, you know, it's, it has nothing to do with the kid. They're trying to get back at the other parent for maybe something that they've done and they're not letting them see their kids. Do you get a lot of, do you ha- deal with a lot of that? Or oh, you? you know, you have, you will see every motive in the world in family court. A lot of it comes down to money. Once child support kicks in, there's a lot of dads who are paying the child support who think, oh, you know, I don't really want to pay this. Maybe I should just ask for custody instead. So there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of blackmail. You know, if you don't give me custody, I'm going to take you for everything you're worth in the property settlement. Um, and then there's just a lot of people who don't really think it through. You know, a year ago, he was the greatest guy in the world to have a baby with, and yet today you think he's a criminal and a drug dealer. Um, which is it? <laughs> you know, he was okay to have a baby with, but now suddenly he's not okay to be the parent but to that baby. I'm going to buzz in at this point and go, people do change. That's true. You know, people do change, and they do, and, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate mail from this, you know, after I made my fat comment and we got the hate mail for that one. But I'm going to go out and on a, on a tangent here, and I'm going to say, you know what? People do change, and I'm going to tell you, t- 
time and time again, I get a lot of letters from mothers as the president of Motherhood Incorporated. And, you know, Motherhood Voice is a blog that's got over 70,000 unique visitors every year. And I hear this over and over, and I have experienced it. When the man in your life takes on a new woman, everything changes. You are no longer the priority. The kids are not the priority. Um, There's somebody else calling the shots about your family and your kids rather than just you and your parent of your child working things out. There's now a third party in that mix, and I don't care whether it's legal or not legal, married, not married, girlfriend, significant other, now you throw another bit of influence into that relationship, and that relationship is completely changed from what you had originally as a dual parenting experience. Absolutely. But the kids still have a right to have a father. That's they do. the bottom line. Yeah. And, you know, you have to find a way to work it out. Yes, if there is a girlfriend, she's definitely a factor. There's two ways to approach that. You can either say, you're not married to her, she's not related to my kids, I don't want to talk to her, and just deal with your ex. But in other cases, it might do you a lot of good to get to know that other woman and find a way to not be friendly but at least be civil with her and find a way to work together because there's a good chance she likes your kids, you know. She's not out to get your kids. She just has a different point of view maybe or she doesn't know them as well as you do. So if you can find a way to work together, that is the best method. Well, and I think one of the things that happens with this, and I know it definitely happened to me in the beginning stages, um, was that you worry as a mother, and especially as a new mother, you worry about that bond with your child, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's another woman in there that's going to interrupt that bond or interfere that bond. And I can tell you from personal experience that no girlfriend, no wife, no anybody is going to stand between me and my relationship with my kids. And that's only something that I've developed confidence and learned after being in the divorce process, you know, being a, uh, or whatever, the divorce parenting process for a couple years. There's nobody that can get in the way. Yeah, they can bribe your kids and they can buy them stuff and take them places, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that if you're into your kids and you are work hard on your relationship with your kids, which is what I chose to do. I chose to focus myself on my relationship with my kids and not worry about what my ex is doing and his girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, to a certain extent. But having that confidence in that this is your child and you are the one and only mother if you can hold on to that, it does make interactions easier. Good for you. Absolutely. You have to be confident in that because you, your kid only has one mother. There's always other people in your kid's life. There's preschool teachers. There's babysitters. There's nannies, whatever. There's always other women that you kind of feel like, oh, you know, my son's really attached to her. Maybe he doesn't love me anymore. Same thing with the girlfriend. It's just another person. She can't ever replace you. You're absolutely right. And you've got to tell yourself that a lot. Yeah. I'll be honest. I mean, I had, I had to, I would like, I am the one and only mother. I'm the one and only mother. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Christy, you've been with me every step of the way. Right, right, right. Well, you know, it's just, it's, and I know that it was scary before because they were so little and it's, it can be confusing to them too because now this other person is yeah. taking on this motherly role. They're like, wait a minute. I have my mom, but mm-hmm. who is this? person and what are they trying to do because they are trying to maybe make this into a stepmother situation mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty quickly and you well, know they slammed it in the can yeah. on me you know that was you know in the kids it was an immediate almost immediate 
stepmother type of situation from the time my ex-husband moved out. It moved immediately into that. And any mom going through that out there, it is very difficult, but you will get through it, and you will learn to manage it. And a lot of it is having confidence in yourself as a mother and confidence in the relationship between mother and child. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Brett. All right. Go ahead. Um, When your child comes home and says, I don't want to go to dad, (laughs) and they've been going through this for a couple years, or Mm -hmm. or I don't want to talk to dad on the phone, Mm -hmm. how do you respect their decision to not talk to somebody but yet, you know, like I recognize, and I recognize from day one, my kids need their dad, and they mm-hmm. love their dad, and I don't want to stand in the relationship between them and their dad, but when your kid is seven, eight years old and says, I don't feel like talking to dad, mom, do I have to talk to him, what do you say? Well, there's a couple ways you can handle it. Here's the easy way out. You say, it's not up to me, it's what the judge said we have to do. That takes all responsibility from you. Oh. You're not the bad guy. You say, the judge said you have to go you got to go. Sorry. That's the way to make them go. If they don't want to talk on the phone, it's really hard to get them to do it. Uh, you can hand them the phone and say, talk to your father, <laughs> and they'll just sit That's there and say a word. Yeah. Talk to your father. As long as you are making the effort to maintain that contact, you're doing all you can do. You cannot you know, stand there and make your kid's mouth go open and shut like a marionette. You can't do it. So hand him the phone. If he doesn't talk, you know, you're off the hook. You did it. You did the best you could. If he doesn't want to go, you've got to tell him he's got to go. I mean, they have to go on visitation. Right, they but just it shouldn't do. come from me. That's so good. I mean, because I, yeah. I feel like I'm, like I'm forcing my kid to do something that he may or may not want to do. But if I say, look, this is the custody agreement, the court says yeah. you have to go, or, you know, you're right, yeah. it relieves the responsibility off of my shoulders. And you also don't want your child to think that the responsibility is on his shoulders for deciding if he wants to go. You don't say, do you feel like going this weekend? And then he has to make the decision, which parent does he want to make happy? Don't give your kid the power. Don't give him the responsibility. It's too much for kids to handle. It's not up to them. They have to do what they're told, and they have to go, and that's it. That's so great. That's, I mean, and this is why you need to read these books by Brett. This is why you need to follow her. She's on Huffington Post. What are some other places people can follow you for what you have to say? I answer reader questions at womensdivorce.com. Um, I write posts for doover.com. You mentioned the Huffington Post. Um, I also write a monthly column for mamasaid.net, and it's called Parenting Together Apart. These are outstanding resources for anybody out there that is going through blended family issues, going through divorce, having to deal with young or old children, even uh, children of adults, uh, adult children who divorce uh, have issues. And that's why we're bringing this show here today. Uh, it's a very serious topic with Brett Stember, and she is an award-winning expert, a nationally recognized expert on parenting after divorce. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Motherhood Talk Radio along with Christy Holly, and when we get back from the break, we are going to answer some great questions um, about what you do when your ex won't cooperate at all. Here's your 
show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Hello. Today we are looking at the correct way to eat corny dogs and fried chicken with a fork. Not. This is not your hair in a bun with pearls on etiquette class. It's time for How Not to Act with Melanie Broyles. Mondays at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Be here as Melanie shows us how practicing good manners should be a way of life, how poise and self-confidence help young people feel good about themselves, and how a child of a healthy self-esteem becomes the adult with a positive sense of self. Royals understands that etiquette is a sensitive topic and has found ways to use humor to make etiquette more fun. For more on Melanie and her programs, go to etiquettestlouis.com. Etiquette is not about impressing people. It's about using kindness, courtesy, and respect in every part of our daily lives. Melanie feels that every Everyone should have the opportunity to feel comfortable in social and business situations. So be here for How Not to Act with Melanie Broyles. Mondays at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms with Jill Hart and Diana Ennett. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on toginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with VirtualWordPublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Anna. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here on Motherhood Talk Radio with Christy Holly, and we have a great guest today. Yes. We do. Yes, we do. Yes. We're handling the situation or the topic of parenting after divorce, which as more than 50% of United States married couples, Ew. you know, start to learn if they have kids that um, it's a very, very challenging scenario. Challenging at best. At best. I watch you, Sandra, and I just don't know how how you do it. I don't, you know, I I, I give you, like, hands up. Because I, I don't I couldn't go through the things that you go through. But you would. You would I know I know I would, but just some of the things I am just amazed that you can pick yourself up in the morning and go on with your day. Some of the things that you deal with. And and as with a lot of the moms out there, you know, my sister's a single mom, a lot of the thing, things that she deals with day after day after day, it's yeah. It's very difficult. It is difficult. I will say that. And it's so, you know, I don't mean to make light of the situation, which I'm apt to do, but, I, you know, I think of Caddyshack. And, you know, Caddyshack, the line is, like, keep your eye on the ball. Just keep your eye on the ball. And the one thing that has made it, I wouldn't say easier for me, but helped me keep my focus is that 
if I constantly keep my focus, which is on the eye of the ball, which is my kids, my kids are not old enough to make their own decisions. They can't handle their own destiny. They really don't have the skills and tools, you know, that I do as an adult to cope and deal with these things. So my job as their mother, first and foremost, is to protect them, but also to raise them and serve them. So if I constantly put them, my eye on the ball, and they are the ball, then it does help me make these decisions because it's really not about what my ex is doing. It's not about the girlfriend. It's not about whatever. It's really what's in the best interest of my kids at this moment. I mean, there was a point at which um, a person, an important person in my ex-husband's life, uh, my youngest son was like, oh, yeah, mom this, mom that. And I was like, "Um, wait a minute, I'm the mom. I'm the mom, you know, I'm the mom, hey, I'm the mom, here. <laughs> and, you know, the words came back, and my friend Donna had told me, she's like, keep your eye on the ball, keep your focus on the kids. Now, I just wanted to rip someone a new one about the whole mom thing, that I am the one and only mom, but I thought, this isn't going to serve my kid, it's going to confuse him and make him mad, and all I did was look at my son and say, honey, that's so great that you got a new video, and I immediately pushed the conversation over to what the video is that he got, didn't get into the discussion about mom was very, very difficult for me. But as a mother, we all know that protective instinct. If we turn that protective instinct on what is the best interest of your child, you stop the fighting, you stop the screaming, you stop the nasty emails, you just clam up, tell him what he needs to know, pick up the kids, do whatever, because that's what's in the best interest of your kid. Brett? I agree. <laughs> Sorry, this is Sandra's soapbox hour (laughs) on parenting and divorce. So what was your question? Well, so my question for you, Brett, (laughs) a long-winded answer, um, is what do you do when your ex, this is a question that was was sent in, what do you do when your ex is a complete jerk and won't cooperate at all? Well, it depends on how he's not cooperating. If he's not showing up for visitation, there isn't much you can do. You can't force the guy to come. You can tell him when to come. You can make the kids available. You can wait. You can't go out there and drag him in by his hair. So that's one non-cooperation issue a lot of people have. Now, your, your viewer or your reader may be saying, you know, he's being a jerk. He won't talk to me. He won't agree. We can't, we can't discuss anything. That's really a pretty common situation, especially the first couple of months after the divorce. A lot of people really go through a period of, I can't talk to that guy. I don't want to see him. I can't deal with him. He's being a complete creep. So there's, here's what you can do. If you always get into a fight with this guy when you exchange your kids, don't be the one to take the kids. Have your mom do it. Have your best friend do it. Avoid the situation. If you have to discuss the schedule, do it by email, do it by text, don't engage. Just don't engage. In, in my book, How to Parent with Your Ex, I call it the business transaction approach. Pretend that this is someone you don't know, you have no relationship with, you are trying to conduct a business transaction. You're trying to pay for your groceries. Here's the money. Just hand them the, you know, hand them the money, hand them the groceries, leave. That's all you are there to do. You are not there to get into it or let your buttons be pushed. You have to just say, I'm not going to engage. That's the only way to handle it. Well, and the thing is, when you do that, it's amazing how much 
stress goes out of your life because things can't escalate. I mean, they still can escalate, but I know for me, I would retreat into periods of silence. It's like if there were emails that came in, in fact, we would read some of them, (laughs) stupid email of the day. Um, We would read them and laugh about them, take the sting out of it, but we, I wouldn't engage back. It's like, what time do I need to pick up the kids? What time are you dropping off the kids? And if you just keep hammering that home, Your partner or your parenting partner doesn't get anything back from you, so there's really no point in keep poking at you to get a reaction. Yeah, it takes two people to have an argument. If you're not arguing, there isn't going to be an argument. It's as simple as that. Right. And it took me a while to shut my mouth. It took me a while to, you know, to get, to not get drawn into arguments because I felt like I wanted to defend myself or, you know, yeah. this isn't what happened. I want, I want you to know the truth. This is what happened. And, you know, and that only lasted a couple of weeks before I figured out, okay, this is stupid. It doesn't do anybody any good. And you just, like, handling it like a business transaction, you wouldn't yell at a client, you wouldn't yell at a girlfriend, you know, and the one thing that I love about handling a lot of this stuff is, Handling it by email, you can go back later and read these things and go, wow, I really did a good job handling that. Or, wow, <laughs> you know, this was a stupid yeah. thing for or, that person to say. Or it's a fact checker. I mean, it it's is like, definitely. this is what you said. Here's it's yep. your own words. This is yep. what you wrote. You have a record then, and it yep. makes it a lot easier. This is what we agreed to. You said you'd be here by 6. Here's the email. Right. <laughs> There's right. nothing to argue about. Yep. I have a question. Yeah. What do you do when, um, let's say you're the, the other person is scheduled to pick, pick your child up and they don't show up, how are you supposed to, what are you supposed to tell your kids? Are you supposed to make up an excuse for the father or whoever, um, you know, and make them out to be like, oh, you know, they couldn't come because... Blah, blah, blah. Or are you supposed to say, well, I don't know, they just didn't show up? Or, like, how do you handle, how do you handle it when the kid is totally let down by the other person when they said they would do something and then they didn't follow through? It's really hard, isn't it? Heartbreaking. It depends, it on, it depends on the age of the kid and how frequently it's happening. I would say the first time or two that it happens, I would try to smooth it over. You know, oh, you know, daddy's stuck in traffic or, oh, you know, daddy had to stay late at work. Whatever, just, you know, gloss it over and make the kid feel better. When you're dealing with an older kid, a teenager, he's going to know. I mean, there's not much you can do. <laughs> I think the right. best plan is just to be calm. Don't get angry. Don't get upset because that triggers your child's emotions. And if the parent doesn't show, you have to have a rule as to what the cutoff time is. Give him 15 minutes or 20 minutes. It's a good idea to agree on what that's going to be in advance if you can. So you, everyone knows what the rule is. But you wait 15 minutes. It's 6.15. There's no car in the driveway. You say, okay, you know, let's watch a video. Okay, let's work on your homework. And you just distract. Move the kid away. Get him doing something else. Distract. Keep him busy. You can't control what the other parent is doing. It is not your responsibility to explain for them. But you want your kid to remain calm and happy. So don't badmouth the other parent and don't make it into a big thing. Keep it just, you know, oh, okay, we're going to do this next and just move on. Okay. 
Now, what do you feel about, Brett, how do you feel about teaching acceptance? Because one of the things that I struggle with with my older son is that he comes with some pretty profound statements about the way things are. And sometimes he'll revert back to, well, you know, like if dad was still living here, you know, this would happen. And, you know, and I've been saying things like, well, you know what, when your dad lived here, he really wasn't living here that much. He was traveling a lot for, you know, so it wasn't like that way. And we just have to accept that this is the way it is now. Dad's not coming home. Dad does live with his girlfriend. And that's just the way it is. Is it kinder to... I mean, I think it's kinder just to nip it at the bud and say, look, this is this is the way it is. It's not changing because it's not changing. His dad is never coming back to live here again. Yeah, I think it's important to be clear about that because kids always, always hope their parents are going to reunite. I mean, no matter how many times you say that, they're still going to have that little kernel inside of them and hope for that. Um, I think it's good to be honest. You know, dad's not coming back. I think kids a lot of times are processing things and thinking out loud and parents read too much into it. You know, if your child says, oh, you know, if Dad was still living here, we would do blah, 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 blah. You can just say, oh, you think so, okay. And you don't need to say anything else. He's just telling you what he thinks, and he wants you to hear him. And all you need to do is hear him. You don't always have to respond to that. But I agree that you don't want them to have the wrong idea. You don't want them to have false hope. And you want them to understand this is the way it's going to be from now on, and this is how we're going to live, and this is what we're going to do. But you want to be kind of, you know, gentle and make it seem like it's all going to be okay. You don't want to be bitter, like, yeah, he left, he's not going back, and I'm going to be broke forever. You know, you can't do that. Let it alone! So, yeah, just be honest, but be gentle, I think is the best way to go. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's so it's so difficult because as a parent, you really don't know what you're doing on a good day anyway. Oh, and no, then, no one does. You know, <laughs> you throw do. these curveballs in there, and, um, you know, and it's like I'll come in, I'm like, Christy, you know, this is what happened yesterday. Did I do the right thing? And, you know, Rick, did I, what should I do? You know, because it's, it's not like anybody gets, and maybe you do get good at this, but in the beginning, you're not good at it, and it's no. just, it's also overwhelming. You're not going to scar them by one thing you say, though. Just keep that in mind. You know, you can make a lot of mistakes, and it isn't going to ruin their lives. As long as, in general, you're being a good parent, everything is going to work out fine. Everybody makes the little mistakes. There are times we don't know what to say or how to handle it, and that's okay. You're human. Your child's going to be just fine. See, and this is why you need to buy Brett Sember's book. Exactly. <laughs> Go to her website <laughs> because now I feel all better. Well, you should. Like You're down. doing a great job. You are doing a You're great doing job. Great job. It is a hard thing, and you know, for any any parents out there, male or female, mothers or fathers that are going through divorce, reach out to some of these online sites where Brett is the advisor. Check her out at brettsember.com. That's the best place to go to find out all the different places that she is part of. She's got great information. She's not only a mom; she's an attorney. She's a reasonable human being. She's been an advisor for me, and I think that I've done really well, partly because of my girlfriends, partly because of the advice. I've chosen. Brett's one of them. Check her out, www.brettsember.com. My name is Sandra Beck. I am the host of Motherhood Talk Radio along with Christy Holly, and we will catch you guys next week.
thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly on Toginet.com. Join us every Tuesday at